Hey everyone, this is Chris at CyberSeneca Letters. I uh, wanted to just, just talk for a few minutes about, you know, how the letters going forward are going to change a bit, the content release cycles, and just how I think we can reformat the way that the content is presented so that it's more easily digestible and people can kind of pick and choose about that. So uh, let's kind of get into it. So, you know, I recently did a move from about a 500 mile move across the country. And, you know, that kind of gives me a lot of time to think about stuff. And along the way, I really was thinking about you know, how I enjoy writing and I really enjoy the cybersonic letters and just being able to put the message out there, even if not a lot of people read it. Um, it's more just about like trying to do your best and making sure that you feel like you've done your best. And that's what I'm trying to do with this is, you know, I'm not aiming for paid subscribers or anything like that. It's more just, I have things that I would like to write about and I think that they can help some people. And that's my only goal is, is that it's just to make sure that I can help at least one person if they need it. Kind of circling back to, you know, having a lot of time to think during a road trip. Some of these letters are quite long and in a world that if you go to all these different sites about how to promote your social media content, they say, Oh, you have to have all these things boxed into like 1000 words or less, but the letters aren't written that way. And that's the way that I was presenting them. So I would chop up, you know, letter one, which was talking about on cyber philosophy. And then I would chop up letter two, which is on shared purpose. And I would chop them up into like 1000 word little bites and release them every week because that was what everyone said I should do because people don't want to read long form content. Uh, the issue is that they weren't designed that way. So by living through and, and relying on best practices for content that is designed to get people to subscribe and come back on a consistent basis, that doesn't really mesh well with what I was thinking for a philosophical letter, which is what I was trying to write. And some data that I have around that was that the very first post that I wrote was, you know, on cyber philosophy, part one, that, that still to this day is the most visited post. And, you know, the metrics don't lie. It's, I, I can only assume that everyone was coming to the site to read those because they thought they were going to get a full thing. Right. And instead what they got was part one of a full thing. And then some people kept coming back and, you know, some people liked them and everything, but the cyber, the, the, the Seneca letters themselves, which I'm basing this off of, you don't just sit down and just read like 10 of those things. You kind of pick and choose when you want to read them. At least I do. They're there when you need them. You can reference them when you're going through something difficult, but they're not meant to be chopped up. Like Seneca didn't release his letters in little parts. You know, he wrote them to his friend in, in their entirety. And some of them are like, they take like three minutes to read. Some of them take like 25 minutes to read, but they're all kind of different. And some of the things that I'm trying to write about are very similar too. like they're some are very long, like one shared purpose takes like 26 minutes to read because it talks about a whole bunch of stuff. But on cyber philosophy was just more about explaining the concept behind what cyber philosophy is. And, you know, for those of you that may be listening for the first time, cyber philosophy is just 
it's philosophical concepts that can be found anywhere. And I am applying those to my realm of expertise, which is cybersecurity. Um, they can be applied, obviously, to anything, just like I'm applying them to some random topic like cyber. Those lessons can also be applied to a lot of other things. But just for me, I see a lot of those truths coming through in the domains that I specialize in and I've lived in for you know the past 10, 12 years. Uh, circling back a little bit more towards, you know, like, okay, so that's, I'm going to try to restructure the content by saying, I'm going to release the full letter, no matter how big or small it is. I'm going to release one a month. They will be there, right? In case anybody needs them. Some will be long. I don't imagine that everyone will read a full 26 minute letter. Um, it may take quite a while, but they will be there and you won't have to wait for all these different parts. So I'm going to release that. And then I'm going to try to do more of these podcast style things where I can kind of talk through some of the letters a little bit and reasons why I try to write them the way that I did or how my writing style changed throughout the writing process for, especially for one, like on shared purpose, my writing style changed from the time I started it to the time I finished it just because it was so long. So there's that. Um, just to briefly touch on sh like letter two real quick on shared purpose, um, because it is so long, that whole concept behind that letter was, you know, I read this book called call sign chaos. It talks about the life of general Jim Mattis and how he went through three different phases of leadership throughout his career. And, you know, there's the, the on the ground leadership there's that was phase one. There's the strategic leadership that was like phase two. And then there was that, like the grand scheme, like the, the general level leadership, the, we're going to do global strategy, you know, and, and each of those chapters kind of resonated with me on my journey. And I'm still going through multiple iterations of those phases. They kind of go back and forth, um, depending on the week. But there was one chapter that really kind of struck me, and it was chapter five um, of Cold Sign Chaos, which was talked about Operation Rhino. And the book really doesn't get too political. It's all about just like strategy and how he overcame obstacles and things like that. But chapter five in Rhino talked about how he he wanted to help. You know, in the post-September 11th world, he wanted to help. But the people that were in charge of him you know, they had kind of like these outdated ways of thinking. And the reason I say that is because Mattis was a Marine. And typically when you think Marine, you think amphibious, amphibious assaults, amphibious landings. Their thinking meant, you know, they had to land on a beach to achieve their mission. So when he went to go apply for help, you know, to say, hey, like I have people that are ready to get into the fight to help. They, you know, he was denied that opportunity because people hadn't updated their ways of thinking. They, they thought amphibious meant they got to land on a beach, but where the help was needed, there were no beaches, right? They, there was a middle, it was a bunch of mountains. So, you know, his, his request was denied. Um, in the letter itself on shared purpose talks about how he overcame that specific obstacle of like being told, no, you can't help by going around and uniting multiple different elements, some very unrelated, through a common goal, a shared purpose. I apply that to cybersecurity because there are lots of different specialties in the field. And like red team, blue team, 
you know, you got your SOC, you got your hackers, you got pen tests, you have risk people, uh, you have architects. They all have their, their own little sandbox. And I see more and more that, especially in my situation, we were not being united in a common purpose. Either we hadn't verbalized it or we weren't working towards it. Or I thought I had a shared, I thought I had a common goal, but you know, somebody on the blue team, their common goals were different. It really struck me as how I, I needed to start making some of these same changes that, that Mattis overcame instead of just saying like, Oh, the blue team won't work for me or the risk people that just want to ruin my life because we can't do operations as a red teamer uh, because they, they're not the highest priority risk. Like it's important to understand what goals all of us are working towards. And as a red team manager operator, if I understand what those goals are, I can bring people to the table. I can do the ops that people really need to focus that are really important to them. You know, not just poning active directory again, but more, how do we pwn active directory in a way that gets people excited, gets them, how do we, how do we excite the, the work towards common goals so that at the end of the operation, people want to work together to make things better. Um, so on shared purpose is this massive letter. Uh, it kind of talks a little bit about how some examples in the book, and then I try to apply those to cybersecurity and, you know, various red blue team activities and stuff like that. So um, throughout the coming weeks, I'll, I'll be doing more of these style podcasts and we'll go, you know, kind of deep dive into each of the elements and, and how they can be applied to cyber. But if you don't want to wait for the podcast, the whole text is there. So awesome. Well, thank you for listening and farewell.